hello there. How are you doing? Are you ready for the hot line? <laughs> are you ready to get wild? I feel like it is so important to start filming more content in front of all of my diplomas and certifications because I need you guys to see that you can be both. You can be highly educated and academic and talk about sex and orgasms and clits and vaginas and non-monogamy and all of the things. You get to be all of the things. You do not have to choose. So from here on out, I'm going to start sharing more about multidimensionality and how you don't have to put yourself in a box. You can be bougie and a hippie, as my girlfriend Alicia would say. You can be slutty and academic, as I would say. You do not have to put yourself in a box. So with that being said, let's dive right on in to the Wild Woman Hotline, which is all about untaming yourself. The Wild Woman Hotline is all about untethering yourself from the lies that you can only be one-sided as a woman. That if you're a mother, you can't be sexy. If you are <laughs> a professor or a doctor, that you can't have a romantic side or that you can't have a fashionable side. You get to be all of the things. So with that being said, I'm gonna dive right on into the Wild Woman Hotline while we bask in the ambiance of academia and sluttiness. Yes, are we feeling this? All right, babes, let's go. Are we ready? Are we ready? Welcome to the Wild Woman Hotline. Your classy but mostly sassy one-stop shop for high-octane advice on how you, my dear, can fully turn on your life. Because in my opinion, every single woman could do with a bit more access to her power amendment through owning her multidimensionality. Yes, ma'am, my mission is to help you reclaim your wild side by tapping into the potency of your pleasure, your confidence, your communication, your self-love, and your self-expression. So tits up, chin back, and let out a howl for the forgotten parts of yourself that you are about to come back home to, boo. All right, let's dive right on into the questions. The first question that I received from you guys for this episode of The Hotline is, a guy I am interested in always watches my stories on Instagram. So this woman is a coach. She is an online entrepreneur. I've caught myself questioning every story I'm posting and I don't want to block my flow of self-expression. I hid my stories from him and I didn't want him to get to know me from my stories, but rather from my one-on-one -on -one experiences with him. I'm realizing how limiting this whole dynamic is because I don't want to hide anything from him, but my inner child really wants his attention and it gets in the way whenever I post stories that I know he will watch. This is such a good question. Thank you so much. There is so many different facets to this question, so many different dimensions to it. And I love this. Thank you so much for asking. So the first place that I'm going to go is that the, the shadow aspect that's coming up for you right now, the part of yourself that's being revealed through this, not wanting to show all of yourself on your stories when you know people that you care about and this person that you're wanting to get to know is watching, you're censoring yourself. You're censoring yourself. And this is coming from that 
fear of, oh my gosh, they're going to see all parts of me. They're going to see the part of me that they see when I'm with him alone, when I'm one-on-one. -on -one. They're going to see the part of me who is self-expressed and powerful in, in her leadership on her Instagram, preaching to the people, empowering other women. So yes, they are going to see all parts of you. And I totally get this because I myself have gone through phases of unraveling my own story about what it means for my family to watch my content. And if you guys, you guys follow me, so you know my content is, is pretty, uh, it's pretty exposed, it's pretty out there, it's pretty raw, and that's the way that I like it. And what that means is that my family is going to get a very abrupt introduction to Tristan as a leader. And that can be intimidating, that can be a very vulnerable, vulnerable position to be in as a woman who wants to be a lover too, right? So first of all, you get to be all of the things. You do not have to choose between lover and leader. You get to be both. And what I would say for you is instead of hiding, instead of trying to segment your life and keep you know, this version of yourself for romance and this version of yourself for leadership online, how can you integrate the two so that it can be more easy for you and so that everybody in your life can create more intimacy and connection with all facets of who you are. This is an opportunity for you to lean into that discomfort of being seen for who you really are and to own that shit, own that shit. And trust me, I know the discomfort because I myself still face waves of this when I'm around my family or when I'm dealing with people that maybe haven't been in my energy or been in my space for 10, 15 years, right? <laughs> so I get it. And the opportunity here, if you want to view it as an opportunity, which I recommend that you do, is to lean more into the freedom that is available for you by uncensoring yourself in all areas of your life. And yes, you may get backlash. You may have those uncomfortable, uncomfy conversations. You may have those instances where you need to sit somebody down and draw a boundary, right? But you cannot experience those moments of stretch and those moments of growth if you don't put yourself in the position of being fully self-expressed. And this guy, if he's interested in you, he wants to see all facets of you. And you don't wanna hide what you truly care about and you don't wanna hide the leader that you're here to be for fear of him seeing something that you don't get to first explain, right? So what if instead you looked at this as an opportunity to start conversation and to create more intimacy and to create more connection? How can you reframe this whole situation to be empowering for you? That's what I have to recommend on that question. That is something that every single online entrepreneur, coach, business owner is going to deal with if they are committed to showing up authentically for their community, which I cannot recommend enough because when people see you for who you really are, they have a very strong choice to either like stay on board or to leave because they're not in alignment with you. But when people stay on board because they are on, in alignment with you, you grow such a powerful community of people who stand behind the message that you have to say. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow communities. We're here to have influence. And you do that through authenticity. And I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that this isn't uncomfortable, that this isn't stretchy because it absolutely is. And how can you find the empowerment within the uncomfortableness that you're currently facing? All right, hello everybody tuning in. How are we doing today? How are we feeling today? Let me know in the comments, let me know in the comments. I'm gonna move on to the next question. That was an absolutely phenomenal question. Thank you so much for asking that. The next question is, 
I'm curious to hear more about non-monogamy and I'm open to learning more. Amazing, cool. The compersion theory that you were talking about is really interesting. I really don't like to share in romantic relationships, but I've been told by multiple astrology readings I've had that I am not meant to be monogamous. Okay, cool. So there's three different things going on in this question. First, let me address what compersion theory is so that everybody is on the same page with that. So compersion theory is a paradigm, a perspective that is very used within the space of non-monogamy or polyamory, basically in relationships where you're not committed to just one single person, where you open up your sexuality and you open up your romantic, um, your romantic relationship to people outside of just one, right? So non-monogamy, non-one. So compersion theory has to do with you experiencing pleasure and being really excited and being really happy for your partner when they experience pleasure outside of the relationship that you two have together. So this can look like a couple different things. There's somatic compersion, there's intellectual compersion, there's um, romantic compersion. So what this can look like is in somatic compersion, it's witnessing your partner, witnessing the person that you are in relationship with that is like the hub of your relationship. When you witness them with another person sexually or intimately or when they're flirting with another person or engaged in sexual contact with another person, you get excited because you know that they are experiencing a full breadth and spectrum of sexual expression. And sometimes in monogamous relationships, it's not that the person can't fulfill you. It's not that the person can't provide you with your needs, right? But some individuals, and I would venture to guess that a majority of women, there's actually research to support that women are the more non-monogamous gender versus men. So what I would really venture to guess here is that women especially, it's not that we're not in love with the person. It's not that we don't care about the person. It's that our sexuality expands beyond what is just capable of being provided through one person alone. We need novelty. We need excitement. We need that experience of um of newness of somebody of somebody being curious and getting to know you for the first time this is something that so many women crave but are afraid to speak up and ask for for fear of the stigma for fear of the stereotype for fear of letting their relationship crumble because their partner feels that they're expressing um unhappiness in the relationship because of who they are it has nothing to do with your partner not being the person that you love and want to spend your life with. This has to do with the full capacity that women have for sexual expression and how sometimes in monogamous relationships, there's just not enough room to explore and express all the many facets that we have as being sexual beings. So for example, if you're really interested in a certain type of sexual act or a certain type of, um, you know, foreplay or a certain type of pleasure or something that your partner is just completely wholly uninterested in, what are you supposed to do with that unmet need, that unmet desire? This is not just about being a superficial, sexually like ravenous person. No, this is about you getting what you want as a woman. So what if, in your relationship, you could have conversations and you could establish trust and you could establish intimacy and you can establish confidence in who you are as a team, as a couple, as a partnership, and remain committed to each other to build your life together while introducing opportunities for each person to experience fulfillment and satisfaction 
by having their needs met, those deepest needs met that maybe the other person just genuinely isn't into. That's not a big deal. But what if you can open up your relationship to allow in more, more, more? This is a new dynamic that we are starting to see in so many um, like metropolitan areas and very, very modern like cities is that women are really owning their right to sexual expression. And it doesn't have to be with just one person. And there doesn't need to be shame and stigma around the fact that one person isn't gonna do it for you for the rest of your life. If anybody has ever experienced kind of, you know, there's actually research on this that within the one to four year period when you begin a committed monogamous relationship with somebody, women experience a significant drop off in their sex drive, in their libido. And this has nothing to do with women being the less, um, the sex that has a lower libido. Men and women have equal libidos. That has been scientifically proven. The thing that happens is the novelty goes away. <laughs> the comfortability increases to where now you have somebody's fucking dental floss laying on the counter all the time, or you have, <laughs> you, there's pubes in the toilet. Like it's just these things that happen when you get really comfortable with somebody and the novelty dies, the excitement dies. And women as sexual beings, we are turned on first in our minds. We are turned on first intellectually. If you can stimulate our minds and you can paint a picture of what the experience is going to be like, that elicits a whole body reaction. Our turn on does not start in our sex organs. Like it doesn't start in your pussy. For men, it starts there. It starts in the dick, right? Men are very visual creatures. Women are very different. And so this is just kind of an example. I know I'm going off on a tangent here about sexuality and libido, but it's all relevant to the non-monogamy conversation. And so just kind of to circle back, compersion has to do with witnessing your partner being in a state of, you know, intellectual turn on or full body turn on or emotional turn on with another person and feeling a sense of pleasure and satisfaction within yourself because you're like, yes, boo, go live your life. Go have freedom in all the areas that you want. Like if you think about it, compersion addresses this concept that we want the best for our partner. We want the best for them in their careers. We want the best for them in their relationships. We want the best for them in their health. We want the best for them in all areas of their life, except don't you dare want anything outside of our monogamous sex life, right? That makes no sense. And that really has to do with kind of circling back to the non-monogamy conversation. Non-monogamy asks you to have endless trust, confidence, and faith in the foundation of your relationship and knowing that you are willing to communicate anything that happens. And what this does is it strengthens your relationship so much more. It builds a solid ass foundation because everything is built on trust and communication. So I hope that answers your question about non-monogamy and compersion. You don't like to share. <laughs> and I'm reading the question. I really don't like to share, but I've been told by multiple astrology readings I've had that I am not meant to be, uh, wow, monogamous. Um, so what I would have to say about that is that the not liking to share piece is where you need to focus your attention. And that probably has to do with unresolved jealousy from past relationships. That probably has to do with some insecurity within yourself about what it means for your partner to be getting sexual satisfaction from somebody outside of yourself. That probably has to do with a fear of abandonment of what happens if they like this person more than me and they leave. 
right? So not liking to share when you come into the conversation of non-monogamy, these are all of the things that are inev inevitably going to arise and you get to work through them, which is going to make you a more empowered woman. Like all of the things that we keep suppressed, all of those fears and those limiting beliefs and those like sticky parts that we never really wanna look at, like jealousy or fear of abandonment or fear of not being enough or self-worth issues or insecurities, these are things that we never really want to look at, but if you want to live a life where you have this sort of freedom, and this is not for everyone, but if it's ever been in your mind and it's something that you want to explore more, these are the, um, the blocks that you are inevitably going to face, and what that results in is more freedom for you, more empowerment for you, more opportunity to establish deep, deep, deep intimacy with your partner through communication about all of these things that come up and you get to hold space for each other. You get to be there for each other in a very, very powerful way. So I think that pretty much answers that question. And then there's a follow-up question to that that goes along with it. It's a little bit different, but this is the last question of the day. Can you talk about why people ask how many partners you've had when you first start dating them? So everybody listening, watching, take a moment to reflect in your own life. How many times have you been asked by an existing partner or a previous partner, or maybe you were out on a date and they're like, so how many, you know, how many partners have you had? How many people have you slept with? Like, I just, I'm just curious. I just want to know, like, just, you know, just ballpark. Or if you know, like, just tell me the specific number. Like, I've asked this myself, right? Like, <laughs> I've asked this myself. And she goes on to say, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this and I'm curious about what you think. So here's the assumption that people make about why people ask that. We assume that they want to kind of assess risk for sexual safety, STI, STD risk, right? That might be an assumption. Another assumption is they want to kind of categorize you. Are you slutty or are you a prude? They want to figure out kind of where you are on that spectrum. Another assumption might be that they're trying to figure out your commitment levels because we have this stigma that people that have a lot of sexual partners have commitment issues, that they're like, um, fiends, that they have a problem, that they're addicted to sex, right? Well, what if what if having multiple partners is just a sign of being sexually liberated and having a, a, a healthy libido? Like, what if that's it? What if that's, this, that's what it actually means? And we've just stigmatized it because of the role that we feel women play in our society of being these, like, sex kittens, but also the saint, right? Like, the virgin, but also the whore. Like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Because So those are kind of the assumptions that people probably think of when you when they get asked that question but what I would have to say about this first and foremost is that the reason probably the underlying reason is they're they're doing a little bit of like a scan like beep 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 assessing for commitment beep 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 assessing for flight risk beep beep <laughs> they're trying to figure out um, you know, am I just going to be another notch on the bedpost? Am I just going to be another, um, you know, tick in, in your roster of how many people you've slept with? They're trying to figure out what role they play in your life. And what I would have to say is that this has nothing to do with you. You don't need to feel ashamed of how many sexual partners you have. You do not need to be ashamed of 
the degree to which you pursue or accept sexual advances. Like you don't need to worry about how many partners you've had. What this really allows you to do is to open up deeper conversation and just ask like, hey, I'm curious what you're hoping to gain from that question. Or hey, I'm curious like what spurred that question for you? Because really you want to know the intention behind it. And the intention could be different based on the person, but you asking that question opens up communication about maybe an uh, insecurity that person has or a fear that person has, or maybe they've slept with a shitload of people and they're afraid of being judged. Or maybe they haven't slept with a bunch of people and they're afraid of appearing um, inexperienced, right? So really what this question points to is there's no good answer for it, but more than anything, it, it's, it's a great inquiry into deeper communication about what does sex mean to you? How comfortable are you asking for what you want and what you need in the bedroom? Like that person might be looking to hear, oh, I'm really experienced. You're not gonna have to ask for anything that you need. I'm gonna know my whole way around your body, which is never the case. Like that doesn't happen ever. There always needs to be communication about what you want and what you need in your sex life. If you really wanna have a fulfilling sex life, like communication has to be the bedrock of everything. Um, it also might be that they've slept with a bunch of people and they're afraid of, um, you know, when you when you get sexually involved with somebody that is less experienced than you, there can be a difference in emotional attachment between somebody that's highly sexually experienced and somebody that isn't, right? So that might kind of be what they're trying to assess too. But what I would say is don't just answer the question and assume that you know why they're asking that question. Get curious. Like, open up a conversation about it. If this is somebody you're genuinely interested in, you don't need to be insecure about what that question might mean. What if you just got curious and asked and got to the bottom of it? And I more than likely would bet that you'd have a really great conversation about it. And if not, then that person's probably not for you and you don't want them in or around your body anyway. So <laughs> that's all I really have to say about that question. But you guys, these have been phenomenal questions. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Wild Woman Hotline, let me know in the comments if you are watching the live, if you are catching the replay. Hashtag replay and ask me your question. If you are listening to the podcast episode, you can find the email in the show notes to shoot me any questions that you have. You can also reach out to me on Instagram, on Facebook, unless I have been shadow banned or blocked, <laughs> which is the theme of this month apparently. And I hope you guys have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day. I love you so much and stay wild, child. <laughs> All right, mamas. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of The Wild Woman Hotline. If you have been loving this content and if you want to show some support and encouragement, I would absolutely love if you could screenshot this Share it on your Instagram stories, share it on your Facebook, send it to a friend who you think would love, love, love this podcast. And I have something for you. If you want to receive the super powerful and transformational power of sexy guidebook and meditation that I provide my clients with, my one-on-one -on -one exclusive clients, I want to give it to you for free in exchange for a five-star review for this podcast. So how people find this content, how they find this podcast is through positive reviews. That's how the whole iTunes algorithm thingamajig works. So if you want to help get the word out and show your support, 
if you would, I would be so appreciative if you could send a five-star review screenshot to the email that is included in the show notes, and I will send you in return the power of sexy guided meditation and workbook, which I provide my clients with and which is wholly transformational for you coming home to the sexy mama that you really are and owning all dimensions of yourself and freely expressing who you are to the world. So if that sounds like good to you, it sounds like good to me. Yeah. Also, one last thing. If you have yet to join the Wild Woman Society and you want in on all the fun, I do weekly workshops in there. I provide tarot and oracle card readings in there. I do the Wild Woman Hotline Live. I provide you with resources on how you can be more confident, self-expressed, authentic in your life. If that sounds like something fun that you would enjoy, you can find the link to request access for that in the show notes as well. And with that being said, mama, keep those tits up, keep that chin back, keep the stars in your eyes, and don't you ever forget that you are a wild woman at heart and everything you want is available to you through your self-expression, through your authenticity, through your willingness to claim all of your desires. So with that, I love you and stay wild, child.